Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You should make a podcast. It's fun, it's cathartic, and you might get uh, some listeners, which is really exciting. And if you do decide to start a podcast, I recommend using Anchor. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Lamberts, and on this channel we talk Kanye West. And today we're talking Kanye's second single of 2020, Na Na Na. And I guess reacting to the song, but also reacting to the reaction to the song. <laughs> the reaction has been mixed at best. Uh, you could say complicated. It's been complicated. The, in a way that, I guess has been building up. Like there were people that were really unhappy with Yay, right? And same with Kid See Ghost. People thought Kanye was falling off, even though a lot of the opinion on those albums has just kind of improved over time. And then you have Jesus is King, which got a lot of flack, but I do think that opinion has approved, improved over time as well. Uh, but Wash Us in the Blood tended to be kind of a mostly positively received. But then with this song, you have people being like, this is the end of Kanye. This is garbage. He just makes trash music anymore. Uh, it's uh, been pretty intense where I think like with most Kanye things, people are going to hear it and then kind of find reasons to like it. And personally, I was listening to it because it was a snippet on Twitter and not on streaming services at first, even with the DJ premiere yesterday or radio premiere yesterday, I was listening to it with headphones off, uh, just like from the speaker of my phone or the computer and listening to it finally with headphones on for the first time, there was more to the production than what I had really heard and not anything groundbreaking, right? It's not like you're going to be hearing aspects to the song where you're like, oh, that changes everything. But there is cumulatively a lot going on to where there's more nuance and interest to the production than what I had initially caught. Uh, that might not help how everyone's feeling about the lyrics, but we did get this fire cover, right? And 
the lyrics are the thing that I think people are having the hardest time with. A lot of people have been comparing this to Yay versus The People or uh, even Ecstasy. These other like loose songs that Kanye has released over the last few years that have been met with some degree of controversy with people being like, I hate this. I don't like this. But even you go back to something like Facts, right, which came out in December of 2015. I was somebody when I first heard Facts, I was just like, oh, no, I don't know if I'm going to like this new Kanye direction. Like this isn't the song for me. And then you get the Charlie Heat version on the album, which I liked better. And in the context of the album, I liked the song better. It seemed to fit in, especially at that final part of the album, having more context around it where, you know, this song, I don't know if it's on the album with more context, it probably has a little bit better of a, a response to some people or engenders a better response to some people. Um, but we've seen Kanye kind of do this in the past where he releases something and just lets it go completely or releases it and updates it in time for the album. Though I did think this was going to be getting more updates by the time he released it, right? Uh, but that ended up not being the case. <laughs> uh, but we can go through a little bit because there is some insight that I feel like I've gotten to the lyrics or perspective on the song, just kind of reflecting on it the last few days, some of Kanye's posts. Like you can see, oh, this was kind of funny to me. Mike Dean tweeted this last night. Mike Dean, as you probably know, has been the uh, a producer and the mixer and sound engineer for all of Kanye's projects, right? And he's just like, no, you did not mix that song or master. He's <laughs> just like, you didn't do anything to make this sound better. Like, what are you doing? Like Mike Dean was not happy. <laughs> but Colin here said the whole point of the Joaquin Buckley clip Ye used for Na 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 flew right over my head this smart and I was like what are you thinking and Colin said maybe wrong but Joaquin and Impa UMG UMG has Ye by one foot in contracts they can't control the content the other foot he has the high ground he's a lucrative artist that can financially afford to have a single not do well uh, UMG loses and you look at Kanye's Twitter right if I would put myself in harm's way to get my masters, they would put themselves in harm's way to stay the master. Having that connection with the UFC knockout, that idea, I don't have to strike back. I let God fight my battles. You also have the line about, um, where are we? Down here. Nope. Where'd it go? Oh, the bridge. Wow, they, they edited this in the last, like, 10 minutes i refreshed this right before i started the video and this was not a bridge it was just still part of verse two so that was <laughs> throwing me off but you get the they put themselves in a hard way the slaves are massive to where it's not kanye needing to just fight back right it's everybody fighting back against the powers that be that are holding people back like artists fans everybody and so you do get something kind of a counter attack feeling to this song like Kanye's really channeling that energy of we are striking back and I don't have to like actually go out there and fight I just have to do what I do like put myself in harm's way and watch what happens because we have God guiding us we have the people on our side etc etc so all of that's kind of playing into this so the song it's grown on me, which I can see people like rolling their eyes right now. Like, of course it's grown on you. You praise everything Kanye does. I actually don't like four or five seconds, which probably causes more eye rolling. Like, how can you hate four or five seconds? 
okay, I hate four or five seconds, <laughs> which, uh, I don't know, it's catchy, but it's so, so superficial and repeats the chorus so many times. Like how people are feeling about this song is kind of how I feel about four or five seconds. I'm not as high on this as I am on Yay versus the people, right? I really like Yay versus the people just because I think the lyrics are really engaging especially because of the fact that so many people wanted Kanye to explain his position, why he put on the MAGA hats at the end of April 2018, and he does. Like, on that song, he gets into his exact reasoning, and I think it's thoughtful, I think it makes sense, I think it's, like, deep, and especially having T.I.'s counterpoints and Kanye getting to respond to that, like, I don't know if it's a good song, right? But to me, as somebody that's interested in Kanye... And in music as not just entertainment, but as art form, as statements, I think that there's a lot to Ye versus the people that's pretty interesting. And same thing with Ecstasy, not the same thing, <laughs> but with Ecstasy, I felt like I really enjoyed the production and beat on it and Kanye's flow more so than just like the lyrics. There were things that I liked, but I didn't hate that song the way that people had hated that song. But I guess the point I'm making is that before an album drops or even in the aftermath of an album, Kanye will release songs like this or has been known to do things like this that always kind of cause a little bit of controversy in the fan base because they're either like very superficial pop songs that not everybody's on board for <laughs> or they're just like throwaway tracks that maybe feel a little unfinished that have lyrics that are maybe a little questionable that people aren't fans of. But I think at this point, you should be able to realize that Kanye's albums tend to be deeper than the singles that he releases and that if something isn't making the album there's a reason for that because Kanye's usually fitting everything into whatever concept that he has and these are songs that he just likes and wants to release in this case thinking about music as statements right rather than music as entertainments I think this kind of straddles that line to where Kanye does have a little bit more of the like, this is definitely more of a single than Ye versus the People, right? Uh, but at the same time, the lyrics are getting into some of the current topics that he's been interested in. And I think just writing that flow of fighting back against UMG, being a presidential candidate, like getting the people on his side, like the line that always jumps out to me in the song is, I don't need to strike back. And just this idea of the counterattack, of striking back, of being in this fight which is what Kanye is currently engaged in, is this fight with UMG, is this fight for his place in society, not just as an entertainer, not just as an artist, but as a leader, which, you know, in terms of, like, music might not be interesting to everybody again, but in terms of, like, Kanye's legacy, in terms of, like, where Kanye's at, Kanye's journey, this does kind of bookmark or play off of what is going to be one of the most like talked about eras when it comes to Kanye, like his presidential era and what this means and seeing some of the music that's coming out of that influence. Um, yeah, one of the big things that kind of gets clarified looking at the lyrics here, though, boy, we wasn't never no joke all summer murder he wrote like before this was just kind of mumbled not mumbled it, it, the lyrics weren't clear to everybody which is why 
genius for the first few days that this song was out didn't have the actual lyrics for this. I don't know why it took because I went back and I listened and I was like, oh, maybe the maybe the Twitter snippet wasn't clear. And that's why we couldn't hear what he said, because I remember not being able to tell what he said there either. And no, you can just hear Murder, He Wrote, which, OK, uh, but All Summer Murder, He Wrote's like pretty great. I don't know. I, there are a lot of individual lines on this track that I think are fire. It's just it's such a weird combination of flow and thoughts and it's not fine-tuned right to one specific concept it's kind of jumping all over the place but i do think as it touches on different things and as you delve into it more there's more coherence that starts to come out of it like with this before like this was kind of just like question marks we couldn't quite clearly hear what it said before and again nothing has changed the radio version of this song wasn't any more clear like Kanye did go in and re-record as we saw from Mike Dean there was no mixing or mastering so you're kind of like what's different and I guess just people having it on streaming services now getting able to listen to it more clearly closer I don't know if that makes that much of a difference but this does sound more like ain't strapped with a tech and something 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 but that goes along with I don't need to strike back I let God fight my battles ain't strapped with a blah, 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 blah. So Kanye's just saying like, yeah, I don't have to have a gun. I don't have to fight in this way, which I don't know. There's a little bit of that revelation there and kind of some interesting counterplay in like all summer murder he wrote and I don't need to strike back. So there's something that he's doing on Twitter, right? That there's a uh, sensation that he's causing over the summer due to the things that he's just like tweeting out or writing right? But he's not actually trying to fight. He's not entering into this physical combat or using a gun or anything like that, which, you know, sending drones in, um, doing everything they didn't allow. There's very much like a sense of rebellion and a sense of uprising that comes from this chorus that maybe on the first listen or few listens, the lines might feel a little all over the place. But I think as I'm sitting with it longer, I'm starting to feel more of that coherence and continuity running through not just this chorus but into the verse so then with verse one you get next time you text can it wait you're talking to a presidential candidate which fantastic <laughs> how many presidential candidates have released songs while running for office i think it's just like kanye and bill clinton doing a sax solo on letterman or something so <laughs> uh I know you think Obi-Wan getting tired now, kind of positioning himself as Obi-Wan and probably not just like old Alec Guinness Obi-Wan, which I said the first time we talked about these lyrics, but like Ewan McGregor <laughs> Obi-Wan from the prequels, which was all about, I mean, all the Star Wars movies are about rebellion, right? But the prequels were really like, I guess you got the overthrow. That was more the rise of the empire, wasn't it? rather than the actual rebellion during uh, the main trilogy. But don't jump Anakin, I got the higher ground. I'm going to hit the moonwalk like I seen Tito. Man, something, something, like president got vetoed, got the sunlight for the veto. I don't need to sign a release. I'm a free old man. This is a video game. This is a simulation, man. So just some things that we've heard Kanye kind of getting presidential and the simulation in video game is something that he's talked about in detail before right 
Like he talked about it in Law of Attraction. He's tweeted about this being a simulation and life being like a video game. There was aspects to that in the Wash Us in the Blood music video where you could see GTA online video game characters running around, which, yeah, <laughs> Kanye and GTA. Uh, how do you listen to Lame? They the imitation man. Take an idea, live it. Take an idea, did it. Take an idea with it. Just look how we get it. And this part is like echoing. If you're listening with headphones on, you can hear all the... Uh, vocal echoes that are going on which is kind of cool and just look how he did it can't tell me we did it and this kind of goes back to this right like Kanye in the chorus is realizing the power that he has right and the power that he's had this summer and in this verse he's kind of pumping himself up as I'm Obi-Wan I have the higher ground I'm a presidential candidate I can do these things I have like people backing me uh, i'm a freed old man and i don't just like have ideas i live it i get these things done and you can't tell me we ain't lived it like there's something getting back to the empowerment angle and kanye feeling like he is on cloud nine that his power is really like coursing through his uh fist no that's not a great way to describe that but it's uh just look how we get it and this was something that was kind of uh vague to me i was just like this can't be a line that kanye is running with this has to just be filler i said that on multiple videos but it was cameron serrett in the comments to one of the last videos when i talked about this that said maybe this is looking at uh historically racist cartoons right that had been popular in america in the early part of the 20th century right into the middle part of the 20th century and I feel like that's something that Kanye even talked about on Black Skinhead, right? Uh, he had mentioned like that kind of iconography near the end and saying that cartoons ain't timeless. Like these depictions of black Americans and black people aren't timeless. They are not something that can stand the test of time. They are not something that continue to exist. We have moved past those. And that idea of what and who black america is so it's like just look how we get it like we are successful now like look what we're doing like now those cartoons they're not timeless and then that goes to cop cars ain't mind us uh one call ain't wireless so just i think getting at the idea that uh you'll get like you can get arrested and if you go to jail like the f one phone call you get from jail isn't wireless. You're on like a pay phone making your one phone call. And uh, that's kind of the last image that we get, which that jailing imagery going against the like ascending imagery, you have that tension of somebody finding their empowerment and getting a better place in this world, like a black man in America getting to this better place, but still struggling with, uh, institutions, government institutions, the powers that be potentially keeping you down, which is where this bridge comes in as well, right? If I put myself in harm's way to get my own masters, they'll put themselves in harm's way to stay the master. So you're going to have the powers that be, UMG, Sony, even the upper entities that Kanye had been calling out, Vivendi, and uh, 
the Burrell group or whoever the group was, the guy that has the the biggest stake in Vivendi, as Kanye was calling them out on Twitter, because it's not just that company. It's the owners of that company, and you just follow the money to the very top. And he's saying that if Kanye like gets in their way to get his masters, they're going to step out to keep their power and authority. But in stepping out to stop Kanye, they're going to put themselves in harm's way because they're exposed. They're now in the light showing who they are. And when you do that, and when you really try to, how to phrase it, when you really try to reinforce your power and reinforce your authority, it tends to just create more tension, right? Like, how could you do that? That's unfair. And it riles up the people, which then leads to this fourth line. They put themselves in harm's way. The slaves are massive. The more that they try to control Kanye, Kanye is envisioning this revolution that occurs because it's not just him, right? He's representing other musicians, other artists that are, have been treated unfairly by these companies that hold these contracts over them. And it's not just musicians, right? It's athletes. It's uh, actors and other celebrities. It's just people in their day-to-day who are able to unionize, who are able to really defend themselves because the people in charge that are paying them put their finger on the scale to tip things in their favor rather than in the favor of the people or make it fair. So Kanye, who had recently spent time in Haiti, and Haiti is a country born out of the largest and most successful slave rebellion on record, uh, is just really channeling that energy and inspired by that event and that happening, which is a, a big step up from New Slaves, right? In 2013, Kanye, that definitely felt more uh, broken down or put upon by the powers that be. Like he wanted to stand up, he wanted to go against them, but he also couldn't, right? He had lost to Nike. He couldn't get his way into fashion, losing out on Louis Vuitton deals, not getting hired by anybody, like struggling to get somebody to support his clothing vision. And it wasn't until the Adidas contract a couple years later that things took off and changed, right? Going from $52, $53 million in debts to now being worth $3.3 billion or maybe even as much as $5 billion. That's incredible. And it's because Kanye now has that net worth because he has that income outside of music that he feels he's able to start saying stuff like this. And that's the difference between 2013 Ye and 2020 Ye. In 2013, Kanye's in debt. He still needs to perform for the powers that be. And even though he wants to rock the system, he can't because he needs them. No longer. No longer. Uh, Verse 2. Do you want me to get specific? Do you want me to name numbers? Which is probably a reference to, yeah, okay, they changed it to CCO. It used to say CEO. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Kanye had put out the phone number of Randall Lane, the CCO of Forbes, and got blocked on Twitter for like 12 hours or locked out of Twitter for 12 hours. So do you want me to get specific? And this is what he was doing on Twitter with like, the people higher up in Vivendi, right? And the Belair group or whatever it was. He was naming the names, like being specific about who he wanted to talk to. Uh, Do you want me to name numbers? Do you want me to get, want me to name Summers? I don't, 
I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, all the stars came from us. All the styles came from us. All the talent, all the shoes. But the news ain't on us, which that can be both about Kanye's like specific camp, right? Like all the people he's worked with that have gone on to do bigger and better. I said that in the first time I was talking about the lines, not bigger and better things than Kanye, but have gone on to be successful in their own right and be game changers in the field after having worked with Kanye or even while working with Kanye. And you look at all the talents he's helped cultivate, helped put on, helped get into the industry and world. And yet the news isn't talking and praising everything that Kanye is doing in the same way that they might praise a Y Combinator or any of these other Silicon Valley incubators for like changing the world, right? Kanye's still considered this controversial figure that they'll talk about the controversy, but not necessarily talk about all the success stories. But it can also be going broader and looking at, as this song has kind of been touching upon, Black Americans and Black America and just saying like, all the stars came from us. You look in sports, you look in movies, you look at like current, the wave of fashion, right? Like all the stars came from us. The style came from us, like talent, like, but yet the news isn't talking about black America in the way that it should be, right? Kanye has talked before about not liking black history month, but wanting like a black present month, a black future month. Like we should be looking at praising what we're currently doing and what we're looking to do. I'm saying we from like Kanye's perspective, right? Uh, clearly, but rather than just focusing on the like past and slavery and making it about the pain that black America has gone through, why do you always have to focus on the pain? And that's kind of what the news tends to focus on. Even in the presence, it's not the big things that are happening in the positive way. It's the big things that are happening in the controversial aspects of race in America. Uh, all the news ain't honest. Yeah. Do I really have to <laughs> explain that one? Uh, they want to ignore me. Rewrite the story. There are a lot of changes to things that Kanye says, false headlines, like Sunday service. Kanye uh, was going to have a Sunday service at a church in Louisiana, and the church, outside of Kanye, having nothing to do with him, like not co-sponsored by him, coordinated by him, did a brunch where they were charging $40 for people to attend. And you didn't get like a meet and greet with Kanye, nothing like that. It was just like a pre-Sunday service brunch, and people were posting photos of social media. It was just like two pieces of white bread and a little bit of stuff on a plate. It was pathetic looking. And all these people were just like, oh, look how Kanye's scamming people. He's using Sunday service to scam people. Outlets started writing articles about it, like Complex, Hot New Hip Hop, I'm guessing like Rolling Stone and all these other places are doing the clickbait, like Kanye's Sunday service scam. Like, And then comes out, nope. Kanye had nothing to do with it. It was just the church that did it. They apologized. How many of those places do you think ran retractions or updated the story or ran new stories explaining they were wrong? None. Uh, even with something as controversial as Kanye saying uh, slavery was a choice, those weren't his words. Even Kanye now frames it that way too, which is wild. But what he said at TMZ was when you hear about slavery for 40 years or 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice.
But every outlet, every headline that you saw was Kanye says, and in quotes, as if it was a direct quote, slavery was a choice. It's Mandela effect where things get rewritten and the remembrance or memory of those things is wrong, right? Like uh, there was just an example Travis and I were talking about the other day. It wasn't mama says life is like a box of chocolates. It's mama said life was like a box of chocolates because he's talking about the past tense of what his mom used to say to him, which uh, is just interesting because when we say the quote, it's always life is like a box of chocolates, but the actual direct quote is life was like a box of chocolates. But that gets into semantics of him speaking from his mom and what his mom probably did say. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> uh, take all the top spots in every category. And this is where the song had cut off before, right? Rewrite the story, take all the top spots, and then Twitter only giving you two minutes and 20 seconds of video length, we did a get this, which I think everybody had thought that there was going to be like a lot more. Like we were getting like half of the second verse or there's gonna be a third verse. And you just got this line back in fashion with them boys, can't ignore me. That's it. <laughs> and then we go back to the chorus one more time and that's it. So I do think that there ends up being more nuance to the song, at least more thoughtfulness to the song than what people are giving it credit for. And that there are some interesting topics in here regarding Kanye's leadership position, where he's at now versus where he was at in 2013 or even 2016 when he wrote San Pablo, uh, his continuing development for this as this leadership role or in this leadership role and seeing that reflected in songs like Na 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 um, is going to be good looking back over Kanye's career and legacy and being able to track the development of this thought process because it seems like this is going to be the next phase for Kanye is really looking to be a social and political leader whether that's through political office or just in everything else that he's looking to do when it comes to housing and building cities. And, you know, if he's doing it in America or if he's going to Haiti, like he said, to build a city, what the next step is for him as somebody looking to change society and how that gets reflected in his music as he's working through some of these ideas and confidence. So is Na 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 the best single Kanye's ever released and something people are going to keep going back to and interested in? it's not looking like that's going to be the case, right? Like I'm still going to be more excited to play this than I am. I love it. And I'm going to play this way more than I play personally, four or five seconds. I like this better than lift off, you know, <laughs> but a lot of people like lift yourself better than this. Uh, but I do think that this is a song that as we move forward in time and people start to look back on Kanye's legacy and Kanye's journey, much like Ye versus the people, we're going to be happy we have songs like this that capture his mindset at a point in time and give us some insight through his music. Because while Kanye does interviews and while he will go and give a speech in public that often makes waves and causes controversy or even do a Nick Cannon interview, there's something about how he expresses himself in his music and what he wants to express and how he expresses it that he can't capture in that public setting or in an interview with somebody, whether that's in print or via a podcast. You only get some thoughts through music. And I 
appreciate this for the insight that it's allowing, which I can imagine some people again being like, oh, Chris, <laughs> you're looking for good things to say, but I guess I don't need all my music to entertain me as music. And I don't think all music has to be entertaining as music, right? In and of itself. Like you can have deep songs that are also sonically good, but I do think you also have like there are movies that I like that are much more cerebral and not entertaining at all. Like I don't think 2001 A Space Odyssey is entertaining in the traditional sense, right? It's more aesthetic, beauty, and thought-provoking and what it explores, but it's not as entertaining as, say, Jurassic Park. But then Jurassic Park, as cool as it is, isn't as visually stunning as 2001 A Space Odyssey or There Will Be Blood. So I do think... a lot of people tend to look at music only for the superficial entertainment value. And even if you're wanting depth and you're like, Chris, I love depth. These lyrics aren't that interesting. I'm saying that there can be a step beyond that goes into uh, looking at statements and capturing an attitude or error that there's just something to this song that goes beyond entertainment value or think piece to what this means for Kanye's current mind states and where he's at that uh i don't know will make it more entertaining for me or more engaging for me to listen to rather than just listening to it the same way that i would listen to uh i'm trying to think of something i just listened to for enjoyment lincoln park's meteora i don't know but uh that's where we're at with this. I can't believe I just spent 31 minutes talking about this. All right, I'll leave you alone. Until next time, stay wavy and keep it loopy. Oh, and if you want to support the channel, the easiest way is liking, subscribing, or content or commenting. All those things tell YouTube this is a channel people enjoy, and they show it to more people. Uh, we're also trying to get to 10,000 subscribers before the end of the year. We just hit 8,900, so thank you all for the... Uh, group that have subscribed over the last couple days getting to 9,000 soon would be fantastic and put us well on pace to hit that 10,000 mark so if you can uh, subscribe thank you and then (laughs) if you want to listen to our podcast watching the throne a lyrical analysis of Kanye West we have free episodes that are up on Apple and Spotify and we also have our full catalog available on Patreon for just $5. So you can get a taste of the lyrical analysis that we do and then go listen to like the 50 plus songs that we currently have covered with more incoming as it's our second time through Kanye's discography. All right, until next time, oh god. Stay wavy and keep it loopy. Cheers.